If you're trying to stay focused on getting work done and eating throughout the day is something you think about, have to decide, and you're not sure what to do, and you just wish an option was available where the right meal with all of the specifications you want be available to you, easy to make, under two minutes, well, luckily for you, Factor is available where you have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including options like keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie. And you can enjoy over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons to help you make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. So what are you waiting for? You can get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking up for something fast that's upscale option done very easily. It's flexible on your schedule where you can get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. No prep necessary. They're 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup necessary. Head to factormeals.com slash sellingwithlove50 and use code sellingwithlove50 to get 50% off. That's code sellingwithlove50 at factormeals.com slash sellingwithlove50 and you'll get 50% off. Not bad. My next quest is how do we turn content into an acquisition machine? How do I bring, create a platform where people can share their experiences and that platform becomes so viral that everybody is inspired by listening to it. And we ultimately just stand back and organize the events, let our super fans talk with 20,000 people with tattoos. Every time I call somebody that has a tattoo and I listen to their stories, it's so multifaceted. Plug into the minds of the world's cutting edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders, rewriting the rules of high performance at work. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Campbell, and this is Superhumans at Work, a Mind Valley podcast. Do you tune in regularly to Superhumans at Work podcast to get your ideas on how to be a superhuman at work? I would love to hear from you what has been some of the most transformational ideas that you have heard on this show and possibly feature you in one of our stories. Be sure to reach out to me at Jason at mindvalley.com and send me a quick email about your story of transformation so we can start a conversation and get you featured on Mindvalley. Now, let's get started with this episode. Hey everybody, this is Jason Campbell and welcome back to Superhumans at Work. Now, the guest that I have today is a incredible woman who's actually been a pivotal part in creating a brand that is so close to my heart. Now, if you've heard me on previous podcasts, I would have actually had a chance to talk about these races that I do once in a while that are a little crazy, they're called Spartan races. And you're talking about doing, you know, whether it's up to a marathon length or a five kilometer or five mile race with a ton of obstacles in the way, jumping in the mud, walking through rivers. It's a really bizarre type of activity. And you'd think, why would someone put themselves through such pain or through such an endurance type of race? It doesn't make sense. Well, if you speak to any Spartan out there, they are raving fans of this activity. They are diehard fans of this activity and they go and do these multiple times. You'd think after doing one, you'd be over with it, but no, it's just the beginning of what then becomes an identity that so many of these people take on, including myself. Now, is this done all accidentally or is there intention behind making people fall in love with this brand? And I will say that there's a lot that goes in the background to make an incredible brand like Spartan. 
you need great marketing. You need great branding. And the guest that I have today, Carola Jane, is the chief marketing officer of this company, Spartan. And she's going to come here and share some of these insights when it comes to building an amazing brand. Why is it so important? And what can we do as individuals or as individuals within a company to make our brand the best possible? Now, she's had over 16 years working for Inner Brands, which is in a company that works with all the type companies that you would have heard of before, help them design their brand, help them actually create what would be the architecture behind their brand. And she actually is now part of Spartan. She's a woman athlete herself, and she's going to share more about her story on how she got there and what are the exciting projects that are happening there. Carola, thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me. Now, you are now working with Spartan, but I read a bit of your bio and I found it so fascinating that you actually had a background in finance, yet you find yourself in marketing now. And so I'd love for you to paint the picture of your journey because those are usually two opposing fields. Yeah. So when I was in university, I studied in London international business and I was always very fascinated with marketing, but through a few internships, very quickly on realized that working your way up in marketing might be difficult. And the one thing you always need is a finance viewpoint to really understand what is creating value. And so I would say right now, the person I talk to most between the CEO and the COO is really the CFO. So not just to negotiate the budget, but to also really put in perspective what is creating return on our investment. And so very early on, I was lucky enough to find a company called Interbrand and I joined their brand valuation department. And really was able to assess great brands and how much value those brands are creating for the organization. And, you know, at the end of my career at Interbrand, when I decided to leave, I came across Spartan, which actually Joe DeSena, who I'd known for a long time, had started. And I was just fascinated by the value that that brand is creating. I really just understood that this is a very authentic brand that he has created, which I think is the most important aspect of creating great brand value. And I saw that there was a huge opportunity to leverage the Spartan brand, not just within its current community, but also outside of, of the current audience. I think this brand has the passion in racers like you, and it has kind of the, the reach to really reach a much larger audience. And since I joined about three years ago now, we really looked at the entire extreme wellness industry and how we're positioning ourselves there. We've actually acquired Tough Mudder, which was our biggest competitor to really broaden this obstacle course racing industry further and really own that. But we've also expanded into trail racing. We purchased mountain bike racing company and are just looking into general training and content around, you know, that extreme wellness mindset. And, you know, to your point, when you said originally, this is a tribe, these are people that are very dedicated and they keep coming back for more. There's a physical aspect, but I also think there's a mental aspect. And every time when you build a brand, when you can appeal to somebody's, I don't want to say subconscious, but the emotional part. And I think our brand is really transformative and it really enables people to transform their own lives. One of our taglines is, you'll know at the finish line, and something really changes in people's lives when they overcome these obstacles. And it's not just physical, but it's also kind of mentally and emotional. So I think those are the key principles of a very strong brand. When you're really able to tap into people's emotion and, and help them create their own success versus just sell a product. I love everything you're talking about. And it's very fascinating to me because you look at Spartan, you get that feeling. You kind of know when you're at a Spartan event, you kind of know when you see an ad from Spartan, it always has this kind of good feeling. And I love that you said the tagline, you'll know at the finish line. 
there's something that can't compare to finishing a Spartan race. And you know, what's interesting is at Mind Valley, like we have an amazing following as well. We have raving fans. And one thing I've always asked myself when it comes to, to marketing and branding, like I'm someone who comes from a direct sales kind of background. Like I know if I get a lead, then that becomes a client. And then, you know, I know the money in money out. It's very tangible, very measurable. And the fact that you have the background in finance and you worked in brand valuation, I was going to ask a little deeper here, which is how do you even go about evaluating the value of a brand? Like, how does that happen? And why is it so important for us to get a grasp on the value of a brand? I think for a brand investment, it's certainly very important, right? So you would look at why do we need to, as far as why do we need to have good customer service? Why do we need to really think about emails that we're sending out, right? So I think there's, let's say we have a large email database, we could just send them sales emails every day then I would come in from a brand perspective and say, no, we really need to nurture our email database. We really need to create content people want to engage with. You could say, well, that's logical because you want them to have a good experience. But ultimately, anytime you're thinking about potentially stretching the brand, you know, you really need to spend a long time kind of creating that groundwork before you then present your new offering or you know, a potential offer to somebody. So I think from that perspective, understanding not only the psychology and the impact that the brand has on the customer's purchase behavior, but also really understanding on where the brand can be stretched into, you know, those are all skills that I think are important. And it's not just a finance decision. That's really understanding the customer, understanding the core values of your brand and where you can go with that. It sounds like you have to have that kind of long-term approach to what you're doing as activities. Because I remember when I joined Mindvalley, which was about seven years ago, we were an organization that we said, yeah, when you send an email for sales, sales come in, it's very measurable. If I send a content email, there's no revenue that comes in. So why would you send value, for example? And we made a pivot where we started saying, okay, everything needs to actually be content-driven, has to be value-driven first. And at the beginning, I remember some of the people were like, this is affecting the performance of my launch. The numbers are going down. So how long-term do you need to look at when you start investing into brand? Because logically, we know it was successful. Like for Mindvalley, we grew once we made those changes. But in the midst of it as an organization, do you have an idea of like, what are the dips in the short term? What are the benefits in the long term? How do you, how do you make that bold step knowing that there's going to be a bit of a revenue dip at the beginning? When you look at your KPIs or your dashboard, whatever you track, you can't just look at revenue, right? Because yes, you could drive revenue short term right now. You could just even go on sale and you can sell a lot of things, but long term, you won't have a brand, right? And I think the founder, Joe DeSanto, really understands that. I mean, he really responds to every customer complaint himself that people direct to his email, frequently checks with customer service, goes in on our social media and like leaves comments on people's questions. And I think that is really important. So what I would say is you can't lose sight of your revenue and your profitability under any circumstances, but you really need to think long-term and you need to kind of have some of those soft brand KPIs that just show you that the health and wellness of your own brand, of your customer franchise. And then you know that gives you permission to then at some point go back to customers and say, here's a sale or here's a special offer or here's something new that we're doing. So I would always advocate for really doing both. And that's why I think, you know, the biggest downfall for a marketer is not being in sync from my perspective with the financials and really understanding what is driving value for the company. But vice versa, if you have a CFO or somebody in charge of finance who's just looking at the hard numbers, 
you'll never get to a growth perspective because you're constantly in milking stage, right? So there's some areas in your business that you need to invest in, some areas for your brand that you need to invest in. And, you know, right now we're in a more difficult period of time with COVID. So maybe you don't invest quite as much, but you should always have some portion to just engage your customer, delight the customer. And I think long-term, you know, that will really create very engaged brand fans. I love it. I'd love to get into a story that would have happened perhaps at Spartan or perhaps even before Spartan. What would you say are one of the things, a creative thing that actually happened or that was engineered within that company that was designed to increase the brand or to increase sales that was actually giving so much value to the customer and is a success story to furthering the brand of Spartan, something that really worked. If I gave you my most recent example, we had to cancel or postpone a lot of our races. And we were saying, okay, what we could do, we could just basically sit back and kind of paint the walls of the shop and you know, be reactive and wait until races come back. Or we could say, what are our customers are really dealing with right now? And a lot of people, whether they are actively working in you know, hospitals or in the military, or like there's people out you know, at the front lines of things. And then there's people that are maybe working from home, you know, they're lacking motivation. What we really found out that all of those people were looking to us to be their source of inspiration, motivation. So whilst we had to deal with layoffs, with cancellations, with a lot of hard things, we then said, okay, let's start our 24-7 channel. We started Spartan TV. We started a daily newsletter with inspiration. We started a kids workout where parents could just basically from three to four, send their kids in front of the television and get a healthy workout. We started a virtual race where we got over 60,000 global participants. And frankly, you know, it's been extremely stressful. We've had to cut back our resources. We obviously don't have much money to boost that content, but we've seen the rewards have just been overwhelming. I mean, our social rankings are really out of this world. The email engagement has been incredible. And I think it is because there wasn't an immediate thing to monetize, right? People knew we're not just saying, hey, I know you're stuck at home. Hey, buy this, right? They were really saying Spartan is thinking about what I need. Joe DeSena himself got on the phone at 5.30 every morning with anybody who wanted to come on in this warrior call and gave a lay of the land originally with our own licensees, like what's going on around the world. And then eventually, you know, it really broadened to a lot of different people. He did four different live workouts. We brought all our athletes on, different influencers. And the great thing was everybody basically donated their time we started a 24-7 Zoom channel where the community could just come on and talk. You know, a lot of people are isolated. They miss being in the presence of other racers. So sometimes when you just act from, I don't want to say compassion, but you just act because you know your community is hurting, your customers are hurting. And yeah, you're hurting too, but that's not the priority right now. I think in the end, the community will reward us for that. And the letters that we've gotten have been just absolutely amazing. And you know, we came out of this then thinking, okay, how do we use all these stories where people are saying, this has absolutely changed my life. Thank you. Because that's ultimately the thing, like you might know because you've raised, so you know, this is a great community, but I needed to create a vehicle, which is called Signed a Spartan, which is an editorial kind of mini capsule that we now have once a week where we really can highlight these stories of those people. And it's just been really amazing how many people came forward, shared their stories, Again, you know, it comes from a very authentic move that Joe says, look, if you want, if you have any issues, any problems, email me, joe at spartan.com. 
So he gave us email and we got 4,000 emails like immediately, right? And then he actually started going through all these emails. But I think you have to have a move where you basically are very authentic. You are, you know, very raw. Like if you have any complaints, email me. And then out of it come a lot of positive sides. But there's also some negative sides that you have to deal with, right? As everybody knows, social media, it's all out there and people can comment. But so we, we always say we welcome all feedback and we'll address it. And, you know, the good thing is Joe is so honest and he's saying, okay, I can't give refunds because I've already spent that money because we already had marketing expenses and whatever, right? But I give you the equivalent in merchandise credit or whatever. So he always comes up with a solution. And I think, yes, some people are not going to be happy, but overall, we have nothing to hide. We show you exactly how it is. And that builds the community. That's how you would do it in a family, right? You wouldn't hide the facts. You would really talk to your family, open and honest. And I think Joe has really maintained that despite the fact that now we have 1.3 million customers and, you know, it's not you have small family nucleus anymore and we're global, but it's still, it feels very much like a family. And I think that transcends when you then come into at the race, you know, maybe one great story, which is story of one. One of my very first races, I wasn't clearly wasn't wearing all the right gear. I hadn't checked our Spartan shop. And I asked one of the women, like, do I need long socks over my cuffs? And she said, yes, you better have long socks because you're going to get pretty scruffed up. She then gave me her socks, which she'd already finished her race. Her socks were wet. She gave them to me. I took her socks and I basically just posted on Instagram afterwards, the woman who gave me her socks, like you made my day. Unbelievable. But I think those are stories that, you know, the brand has to kind of give people permission to really feel like it's their brand. And when they see somebody who's not doing well or needs help, they can go up and do that. And we have amazing volunteers and like everybody is just incredibly nice. And I think that then kind of transcends and makes our brand values, you know, which I was really surprised to see coming from more traditional branding background that none of that was really written down. It just happened. And I think that's actually much better. That's incredible. And I, I just love hearing this because it, it, makes, it brings me back into the space of how I felt when I was in the middle of a Spartan race. I have one story that I love to share, which is the fact that I ended up going to a Spartan race with Wednesday notice. I had done an interview with someone who talked about courage and talked about identity. And he had used an example saying, when I want to go to the gym in the morning, I just look in the mirror and I choose the identity. And he said, I am a Spartan. And he wasn't a Spartan racer. He's just a fan of the movie 300. And so I met somebody a couple days after I had just landed in Malaysia from Europe. And I met somebody and they had mentioned like, oh yeah, I'm a Spartan. I was like, oh, I, I just interviewed this person. I shared the story. And they're like, oh, so you must be here to race the Spartan race tomorrow. I was like, okay, if I've chosen the identity to be a Spartan, what do I say? I said, absolutely. So I went on that adventure where you go buy the merchandise. I showed up. It was glorious. And then I ended up recruiting five friends and we all flew to the Philippines five days after to do the 21 kilometer race. And it was fascinating of a time because it was in the Subic forest, just as Hurricane Mangkut. It was a super typhoon. It wasn't hurricane. It was a typhoon was coming over the race. And again, it was incredible because we didn't know if we should go. We're going in the middle of this typhoon, but all of us were all like, we're Spartans, we can do this. And then we said, well, the worst case scenario is if we go there and the race is canceled and there's as much damage as we expect from the super typhoon, we can be helping the relief effort. And so luckily there was not as much damage as expected. The race got delayed and it was just an incredible adventure. We went through the most amount of rain and mud to go through this race. And when again, we finished that 
race. There was a feeling, there was a bonding, and these have become close friends for the rest of my life. And so what you've done, it's amazing. Like one of the things I picked up on is this idea of authenticity, right? You've mentioned it a few times, which brings me to this question, which is, what is not authenticity? It seems like this is a term that gets thrown around a lot. So perhaps what is not authenticity and what is the cost of not being authentic? And why do brands have a feel that they need to be inauthentic here? When you say inauthentic, what do you mean by that? That brands need to be inauthentic? Not that they need, but you know, you mentioned that Spartan is an authentic brand. There's some companies out there that are inauthentic. And I don't understand what is the driving motivation for a brand to not want to be authentic. So from my perspective, this is actually very interesting. Having worked at Interbrand with a lot of Fortune 500 brands, I have the privilege and the pleasure that I don't need to put lipstick on a pig. And I think when you have a business that is very challenging, that is maybe the main focus is to be in the business, to make money. It's not necessarily changing lives. You got to sell widgets that you know may or may not help people. It is a much harder value proposition to market. So I think you then have to really focus, you know, the employer brand, like there's many other ways that you can create a story on these amazing humans that get up and, you know, serve their customers and what do they do and how do they live the brand? So I think there's many different ways to position it in an authentic way. But I think when you have a brand that really touches people's hearts at the core, it transforms them, you have no other excuse to not be authentic. Like that's basically what we need to focus on. Inauthenticity in my mind, always comes when people try too hard. And now with social media and with everybody being an activist, it really gets called out very, very quickly. That to me is the biggest problem when somebody tries to position themselves and like create these narratives that are just not true, then the community will call it out and it's labeled as being inauthentic. But yeah, overall, I feel like this notion of putting lipstick on a pig and us basically not having to do that, just if you look at our marketing budget, we don't pay for shoots because we just use our racers. And they come in all shapes and sizes, right? As you probably will know, not everybody is super fit. Like you introduced me as an athlete, which I think is great, but I'll do my part. I struggle and I really enjoy the experience. I'm not going to finish, you know, number one or two in my age group, but that's okay. I have a great time. I bring tons of friends and everybody feels like their lives got touched. They feel better about themselves. They feel motivated. They bring their families. They bring their colleagues, right? It's a bonding experience for your team, your work. So I think that is really important. And that's what makes it a very authentic experience. Beautiful. And I love how all the shifts you've done into the digital space were so powerful. And you remind me of another story, which is now I believe we have almost 100 people that work for Valley that have ended up doing a Spartan race as a result of witnessing the transformation from the small group we started. And then we just wanted to get so many more people to have that same experience. It created this viral growth effect of attendees. And I think that's a really powerful thing. In closing, Carola, I was going to ask, what are some exciting things we can expect in the world of branding? It sounds like with social media and things that are unfolding, a lot of that lipstick, as you said, is washing off these organizations that might not be serving a true need for the world or for the client. Do you have any future or advice for anybody who's working in branding on how the world is shaping out to be? And is it a good thing or a bad thing? What I'm looking at a lot is the rising cost of digital and how can we counter that in a way? Because to me, and I say this all the time, I try to call a customer day 
and obviously very close to customer service, really understand what the issues are and how we can help. And, you know, we're not perfect. 100%, there's lots of things that we could do better. We're a very small organization that tries very hard. But I feel like if I can bring people, and Joe always says, this is a very hard value proposition. Whilst I don't have to put lipstick on a pig, I'm selling something that is very hard. And that from the outside looks impossible to a lot of people, right? But if I can sell that experience and that transformation in a way that I can tell a story and people get inspired versus trying to pound ads and have a frequency of six over your head and pay you know, the platforms a lot of money, that's much better. So my next kind of level of quest is how do we turn content into an acquisition machine? How do I bring create a platform where people can share their experiences and that platform becomes so viral that everybody is inspired by listening to it. And we ultimately just stand back and organize the events, let our super fans talk with 20,000 people with tattoos. Every time I call somebody that has a tattoo and I listen to their stories, it's so multifaceted that you would think maybe that's a person that happens to have tattoos and they added another one. No, they have a whole story, their whole life, and they're willing to share it. When I can bring those stories to the forefront, that's, I think, our job to let the brand shine and give the brand back to people. So that, you know, when you said this guy gets up in the morning and says, I'm a Spartan, that means something very different for a single mom that has to get six kids out of the door and maybe once a year can race and feels like she's herself versus our uber super athlete, right? That lives in Montana and like trains every day and just tries to get a few seconds off. So we really have so many different people, but this notion of feeling Spartan, feeling strong, feeling like you can conquer any obstacle in the world is ultimately the sentiment that we want to give people. And I feel like if I have to convey that through a quick ad that most people want to click away, that's not a win, right? Like how do I create that so people want to engage with this and I actually make my advertising and my marketing add value to people's lives. So I think that that would be the next frontier of kind of reducing our costs back to the finance where we started while still adding value to our customer experience. Corolla, I wish I could spend the entire day having conversations with you about this. This is exactly what I live and breathe as a salesperson myself, a marketer myself. And a lot of the insights you have into branding are things that I'm just touching the surface on. You are such a wealth of knowledge. Thank you so much for coming here and sharing the story for everybody here. If you've paid close attention, we really wanted to expose you to the idea that once you start working on building a brand, this is the ultimate long-term strategy when it comes to marketing, growing the business. And we're talking a lot about authenticity. This word came up so many times in this interview that means that even if you're an individual within the workplace, maybe you're not managing a marketing department, maybe you're not even in marketing yourself. But the idea that brand is such a powerful thing, it's this consistency, this authenticity of how you show up daily. What do you do on a daily basis, not just to brag about what results you bring within the organization, but show up all the time to be the best version of yourself in the truthful, honest way is how you actually get yourself to grow your career in the process. And if you're in marketing, it's not just about the conversion. It's not just about the direct sale. Although it's very important, there's a long-term play that can happen here when you start focusing on the brand. If you look at an organization like Spartan, they are a true inspiration of what happens when you invest in that brand, you stay authentic, and you see that one individual who ends up going for a Spartan race ends up recruiting 100 without any advertising 
those are beautiful metrics you can look into and you can be inspired when you look at how your brand is such a core part of the business. Follow Corolla Jane. I will put some links in the show notes and definitely look more into Spartan. And if you haven't done a race so far, you definitely want to go and try it out. Do it virtually if you're still in lockdown or when the lockdown is over, you definitely want to go and do one of those races because you'll know at the finish line how it feels to be unstoppable. Thank you all superhuman listeners. And Corolla, thanks again for coming with me and doing this amazing interview. Great. Thanks so much for having me. My name is Jason Campbell, and this is Superhumans at Work, a Mind Valley podcast. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.